Welcome to the Dope Black Therapist Podcast. This is a platform for folks all across the spectrum to speak about their mental health as well as promote themselves, their businesses, and their lifestyles. We're trying to break the stigma of mental health here, as well as provide a space to learn about coping skills to deal with mental health issues. This week's episode, we have Ty Caldwell, aka Ty Connects. She is a mental health advocate, community outreach facilitator for Stand Up Speak Out of North Carolina, and survivor of childhood trauma. She's passionate about applying her training and lived experience to empower individuals who desire transformative growth in their personal and professional lives. Now we're going to delve into some serious topics here, including suicide and self-harm. Help is available. Speak with someone today by calling the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. Let's get into the episode. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the Dope Black Therapist. I am your host, Blaze, and I am so happy to have this guest on, uh, my homegirl, this activist, actress, poet, playwright, resiliency coach, and just all-around dope-ass chick. Woo! Welcome, everybody. Miss Ty Caldwell, what's going on, girl? Hello, 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 everyone. Man, let me tell you something. It's been how many years since we interviewed? It's like four or five. Wow. Four or five since we did it. A lot has happened. A lot. Yeah. A lot has. A lot has. But, you know, one of the things that I have always enjoyed about our friendship is that we have been keeping up with each other and pushing each other and just doing... Through, through the good and through the bad. Absolutely. Right, through the good and through the bad. Um, but before we delve into that, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Oh, man. It's <laughs> always the hardest part. Right? Uh, Ty Caldwell, a.k.a. Ty Connects, because mm-hmm. that's what I do. I mm-hmm. connect people, opportunities, and uh, people to resources that are needed. Mm-hmm. I am a life coach. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like to be specific and say I am a confidence and self-discipline coach. Okay. And I had to walk that out first. Okay. So that, I do public speaking, mm-hmm. keynote speaking. Also, I love facilitating youth groups. Yes. That is my, like... You know I love my I love my babies. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Love my teens. Love my teens. Um, I am training to become a certified resiliency educator through resources for resilience. Okay. Like I'm super excited about that. Okay. So now I already teach you know different tools on resiliency, um, and we'll talk more about that. Right. Um, but. To become certified, you know, you have to attend a number of trainings right. and be able to demonstrate it. So I'm in the process of that and I'm just totally excited because I want our community to learn what it is to operate online mm-hmm. as opposed to offline because of trauma. Okay. And of course you as a therapist know about all that. Talk about it later. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. So um one of the things that <clears throat> one of the things that I wanted to address with you is like for people who don't know, uh Tahita and I we grew up in the same neighborhood. Yeah, man. We grew up, we go back to kindergarten. I probably a little bit, kindergarten. Yeah, kindergarten. So it's back to 1985. So we've mm-hmm. been, we've had that friendship for years. We played together, like scraped knees, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Everything together. Um, 
one of the things that that really stood out to me is like you know even though we grew up together and we had a lot of experiences together uh as we got older both of us realized that we dealt with a lot of things that the other didn't know man i didn't know anything about your life inside the house and i know you didn't know anything about my life i don't know about the experience of Blaze growing up. Mm -hmm. Like, I know Blaze the football player, mm -hmm. I know Blaze the poet, mm -hmm. I know Blaze the one everyone loves mm -hmm. um, being around and the encourager, but as far as how you were raised, mm -hmm. nothing about it. Right, and the same thing with me is just like, I knew, I knew you. I knew Tahita the singer, you know, <laughs> Tahita, you know, the, the poetry writer. Yeah. But then you kind of had a reputation of being mean as yeah. hell. <laughs> like, you were like, Nobody, they knew not to cross Tahita's path. And yeah. I know people who ask who Tahita is, that's who Tahita is Ty. Yes. I've, I've always known her as Tahita. Exactly. Uh, so, um, my government name. Right, a government name. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing is, is like, everybody knew not to mess with you. Um, but what's funny is, as I got older, I started to think, it's like, huh, why was she, why was that? Her reputation. Why was she, you know, why was she designated as the mean person? Why was she the person that, um, that was like, oh, don't mess with her. Yeah. Like what? Like what is it about her? And this is, it got me thinking. And it's like as we got older, we started talking about our story. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you came up with this. You have so much resiliency. It didn't feel like it at the time, man. right? So, <laughs> so, so, talk to me about this. So, what, why, what did it feel like? What was it that was going on? You go into as much detail or as little um, that you want to share, but I'm, I'm curious as to like, like I know some of it. How did you get so strong now? How did I get so strong now? Okay, ooh, mm -hmm. self awareness. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna do short parts and. Since you know the background, you can pull out anything that you feel will be relevant. Okay. Um, first, my grandfather is the one that raised me. Mm -hmm. My grandfather raised me. He was my Superman. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother worked two, three jobs the majority of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, she was just out working a lot. Mm -hmm. And when she was home, we did not have a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. My mother did not have the capacity to nurture uh -huh. my, my grandfather was the nurturer and the hugs and I love the right. baby doll. My mother was a great provider. Mm -hmm. So I did not like myself. I did not love myself as a child. Like I was in elementary school having suicidal ideations. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like wow. elementary school. That's how I started seeing Miss Strickland, who was our school counselor. Mm -hmm. Not because of suicidal ideations, but because I had such a bad attitude. Ah, there it is. I had a bad attitude. I had issues with authority. And this is the thing. So I didn't have any control over my life. Mm -hmm. um, I have this mother who I feel like doesn't like me mm -hmm. at all. And if your own mama don't like you, then it must be you. Right. So I didn't love myself, didn't like myself. Um, I was a fat kid. I was a dark skinned the dark skin kid. Mm -hmm. Cause in the 80s, for those who may not know, <laughs> you know, you had light skin, was popular, and the long right. hair, right. and I was the short, fat, dark skin with a curl, Right. and so um, I would just, I would fight, like if somebody crossed me wrong or mm -hmm. was aggressive, because it was fight or flight, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I was already dealing with 
My my mother, if I got in trouble, her go to was a backhand, right? You know, right. or verbal attack, right? So I was on the defense. I was, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. in getting older, and looking at patterns in my behavior, mm-hmm. um, getting in these sexual relationships because I won't even say romantic relationships. Right. Getting these relationships with men where mm-hmm. it just kept being the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. and looking at uh, stages in my life it's like mm, that common denominator is Yugo. Right. Right. Wow. So, wow. So basically what I'm hearing is, is like you know being raised by your grandfather. Yeah. Right. For the, for the majority. Him being the Superman yes. looking out for you being the nurturer and everything but then yeah. you also had this feeling of your mom not liking you. Yeah. And her not being able to show you those things as a mom as you would expect as far as love and, and, and doing that. You said, you know, if you act up, that backhand comes. Yes, sir. So, you know, the thing about that is it's like how <laughs> how much of a thing that was for a lot of folks that we grew up with. Yeah, it was the go-to. That was the go-to. That was the thing. It's like it was never, it was never, why did you do that? What's wrong? What is going on? It was more of do like I told you to do, and that's the end of it. That's the end of it. It's mm-hmm. not what's going on with you. Um, they said, "What's why? Why are you getting A's and B's in your classes, but you're getting N's and U's on your conduct?" Mm-hmm. For people who do not know, young folks, we used to get <laughs> non-satisfactory. <laughs> and what was the U? Unsatisfactory. Unsatisfactory. It was needs improvement. Needs improvement. Thank you. Thank you. Because I like to totally say that wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, needs improvement. That's what they were talking about our behavior. Mm -hmm. And so I was making A's and B's, but I needed improvement with my behavior, or Mm -hmm. it was just straight up unsatisfactory. And people didn't sit down. My mom didn't sit down and say, What's going on with you? Right. It was all you got to do is go down there. Oh, you want like you run the school. Right. You run the school. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was a whooping or a backhand. Yeah, right, right. And and so the only time that someone said something's going on with this young person, the school put me in counseling. Mm-hmm. And I would go to Miss Strickland, and that was great because mm-hmm. I had an outlet mm-hmm. and nobody was judging me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one particular day, everything blew up mm-hmm. when uh, she asked me how my day was going. And I was like, it's fine. You know, Miss Doyle took my... Ms. Doyle was a great teacher, by the way. She was, yes. Yeah, she was a great teacher. Yes. Uh, I said, she took my, my diary, is what I called it at the uh-huh. time. And she was like, oh, you have a diary? I said, yes. And she says, what do you write in it? And I was just telling her. And she was like, you know, do you ever have times? And I don't remember if she said, you want to harm yourself. I don't think that was a term back then. So mm-hmm. she might have said suicide or kill right, yourself. Right, right, right. And I, and I remember I was writing even then. I was like, oh, sometimes, but not today. She had to report it. Right. And... I didn't know about those things. Mm-hmm. I would have kept my mouth shut. Right. And she had to report it. They went, they got my diary from Miss Doyle. And the next thing I know, my mother picked me up at some point and was going off. Mm-hmm. They said, if I don't take you to go see this psychiatrist, that they going to put me in jail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you killed yourself, yes, I'd be sad for a while. Me and JJ be sad, but we would go on with our lives. And I wow. remember... I remember thinking, how, how this happened, and right. I, 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 I despised Miss Strickland right. for doing her job. Right. I despised her. My life shifted then, mm-hmm. and I bring that up simply because you know you had talked to me about childhood trauma prior mm-hmm. to this, mm-hmm. 
how an incident can shape you all through your adult life. Right. Because it took a long time for me to go and, to, and get therapy. Mm-hmm. Years. <sighs> I had to take a breath on that one. Yeah. Um, because, you know, as I said earlier, it's a lot of stuff that you and I, we did not know about each other. Nah. I had no idea. Mm. Like, I had no idea. This is my first time hearing, like, this story. And I knew. I was in your class. Right. <laughs> I was in your class with Miss Doyle's class. Yes, I was in your class, and I had no ideas. Like the thing that went through my head is like, she is mean. She is really, really mad. Yeah. But it goes to show is just like how like we never know what's going on in people's lives. Nah. We never know what's going on in people's lives, and we, you know, as kids. Let's be real. Sometimes we're assholes as kids. Oh, heck, yeah. You know? I, I remember I stabbed Ryan with a pencil. <laughs> I was like, it, was, it was a simple thing. Again, going back to that uh, displaced anger. Right. Ryan, I bumped into Ryan. Now, mind you, Ryan had his own childhood going right. on, right? Yes, and we're going to be talking to him a little bit later on in the season. Awesome. So, he's already agreed. So, keep going. So... I bumped into him by accident and he shoved me. Mm. And I said, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And my feelings were so hurt right. because I'm like, I did the right thing. I said, excuse me, you're attacking me like right. I did it on purpose and I remember I stabbed him. Right. That's <laughs> with a pencil. <laughs> hey, go. And, and again, he had his own story mm-hmm. going on. I had my own story going on. Right. And we see these kids and we see people and we're quick to be like, what's wrong with you? Right. Instead of being like, what happened to you? Right. Right, and that's and it's it's so it's it's so upsetting because so many kids go through so many things a day and they have no idea how to express it. They have no idea that they can say what's going on to someone and someone actually will listen to them and let them yes. know that it's okay to do it. Yes, sir. So now with you going back to you, well, Miss Strickland reporting everything. Yeah. Right. Having having an outlet for you to say those things. But then your mom being called and the way that she responded. I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I wanted to die because what followed that was um, my mother wasn't, my mother was married. Mm-hmm. And so she was uh, staying in Franklinton, mm-hmm. but I was living with my grandfather mm-hmm. and she made me come live with her. Wow. I remember being on the porch and crying, and my uncle happened to look over. He was like, I don't need to cry now. You should have thought about that before. Wow. And I remember my grandfather talking to me. He was like, baby doll, you got to be careful about what you write. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful about what you write. Because for a long time, I stopped journaling. Mm-hmm. I stopped. Um, because the punishment was that I had to go and live with my mother. It was a, it was a punishment to me right. to go where you're not wanted. Right. Because... Obviously, I wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't mm-hmm. with you, and now you're making me come. So right. it wasn't anything keeping you from that from the get go. Right. But I was still. They were still taking me. My stepfather was still taking me back and forth to school, and I would be able to be with my grandfather on um, on the weekends. Right. So still, still able to be there. But all of that happened. I felt worthless. I was in fourth grade, depressed, yeah. and I had to start going to school in Lewisburg. Right. Uh. And we are rivals. Right. That's and a I big was thing. treated as such. Right. I was picked at. I don't remember ever getting picked at an elementary school for being dark or fat. Mm-hmm. I had an issue with myself. Right. I had an issue with myself uh, 
for being dark skinned and for being fat because nobody really paid any attention like that the way they right. pay attention to Tangela who right. was slim and right. light skinned and long hair. Right. Tangela's my best friend. Right. So all that happened and I get to Lewisburg and I'm picked at because I'm fat. Mm-hmm. I'm picked at because um, I don't remember the dark part. Right. Picked at because I'm fat. Picked at because I had the curl. Picked right. at because I'm from Bun. Right. And they were the worst years of my life. Mm-hmm. So I was there through eighth grade. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, so <laughs> much, so much, so much trauma all in one spot. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, so much trauma all in one spot. You know, you had an outlet, but then it was taken away. Oh, yeah. It was taken away. Be careful of what you write, baby doll. Yep. You know, even though the, the intentions were, were great, mm-hmm. you know, and then he, I know he meant well when it came to that stuff, but mm-hmm. you couldn't be or say what you needed to say. Wasn't safe. No. So what, so how did you, what, what became your outlet? Oh, I didn't have an outlet. I uh, had a mask. Oh, girl, you better go <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I had a mask. Okay. Um, I would smile and act like everything was okay. My friend Patrice, mm-hmm. uh, who I absolutely love, I met her in Lewisburg, and she talked to me, and she was like, Tahita was mean. I was like, yo, why you say that? She was like, okay, let... She was mean to people who were mean to her. Like, if if you want to go a mile, we're going to go too. Right. That's what I would do because right. I was fight Like, I had to go at it every day. Right. I couldn't get any peace. Right. So, but I would wear a mask and I would, you know, laugh and, and that followed me through my adulthood. Mm-hmm. Like, even when I, um, I moved, when we moved back to Bun, I was able to you know, make connections with people and make friends and make folks laugh and folks would talk to me about their issues. She we were having counseling sessions in uh in high school. Right. Like just kids just talking. Right, right. Uh I was just that go to, but I never talked about my issues. If people weren't in my direct circle to know, like Tamsula knew some of what I dealt with. Right. Um TJ, TJ yeah. Johnson, oh yeah. He he knew some of what I dealt with because he had his own stuff going on mm-hmm, at home, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But other than that, other than that, man, no, I, I didn't have no outlet. I so, didn't deal with I started back journaling in, I think I started back journaling in maybe middle school or high school. Right, wow. I started journaling and I started writing poetry. Okay. I started writing poetry from what I can really remember in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. To, and one of my teachers cried, and that's when I that's when I realized I could write something that can affect people emotionally in a good wow. way. It wow. was, and I was proud because I didn't have an adult that was like other than my grandfather. Right. It's like, oh, this is good. This is, you know, um, and in that whole experience in Lewisburg, yeah. Ooh. I know it's a lot. Yeah, no, it is. It's just like I'm, you know, I'm just amazed that. Just amazed at your story. I was always amazed at your story, mm. you know. But I, I, but hearing more and more of it, it just goes to show how strong you are, <laughs> and what it is, what it is, you know, coming through so much of this stuff, you know, seeing it onto the other side. Because I know there were some times where it was dark. Oh heck yeah! It was extremely dark. Middle school is where I discovered. A, a glimpse of self harm, mm-hmm. like a glimpse of it. I got in trouble again because it's all on attitude, uh-huh. and I 
was in the office and they were calling my mom <laughs> and Mr. Harris went to school with my mom. Oh, so, man. And I, uh, mind you, I earned it. I was in trouble. Right. And the lead pencils, I don't know if they still have them now, but the mm. lead pencils have, uh, if they still have the metal, mm. had a metal tip. Mm. And I remember dragging it, like digging into my arm and dragging it. Right. Not realizing what I was doing right. out of frustration. Mm. And it calmed me down some. And a teacher or someone saw me and she's like, no, 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 we don't do that. We don't do tattoos. Right. Nobody was talking about cutting right. self-harm. Right. So she right. thought I was drawing on myself. Uh-huh. And that's not what I was doing. I was right. pretty much like soothing, self-soothing. Right, right, right. And I didn't, that didn't escalate until I think high school and I started turning the razors. Knives. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like yeah. Okay, so that's one of the, that's one of the things that I think that a lot of people are trying to, a lot of people try to skip over, try to avoid, or they they hide it so well. Oh, heck yeah. You know, yeah. especially with, you know, with the, with the cutting and the self-harm or, mm-hmm. or whatever you do, people are wearing like the long, the long sleeves so they can yep. cover their arms. But you see now that a lot of people are getting creative about what they do it, so it's easier to conceal. On their thighs, mm-hmm. on their uh, torso, uh, you have that going on. And there are so many different levels of self-harm. Do you mm-hmm. mind explaining uh, what happens? Because some people, some people, they hear about <laughs> they hear about cutting. Right, right. And it's like, well, it's soothing and it's right. relaxing and people don't get it. So right. So, so, so for a lot of people, what it is, is just like a lot of people need a release somehow. Mm-hmm. You remember how you said you had that outlet? Yes. You know, the outlet is what you had. Uh, you got to write and put things out. Um, that made you feel a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. The same way that people get, you know, if they go lift weights or if they um, sing or if they're creating things, building, fishing, all of those things are outlets and healthy outlets for people to use mm-hmm. um, because it, it, it gives them a sense of relief. Yes. You know, it calms them down. It takes whatever they're thinking about, what they're dealing with, it takes that away. Mm-hmm. Now, for people who don't do those things, or people who don't think that they can do those things, mm-hmm. they turn to self harm. Uh, a lot of times, people will they'll they'll describe like the first time when they. I use myself as an example. Okay. Like for my suicide attempt, you know, I when I went and got that knife, that first cut was like. <sighs> I feel something. Dopamine, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel something now. Mm-hmm. I feel something now because I haven't been shut down for like so long. Those those pleasure centers are firing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what it was. So it's like when you're when you're depressed, you don't feel the things that make you feel good don't make you feel good. You are dulled. You everything are numb. is like everything is gone. Yeah. So but you know, when we exercise, everything is like firing off. All mm-hmm. those pleasure centers are being just like, oh, hey, this makes me feel good. I feel great when I do this thing. Yes. All right. But they get people who self harm get that same kind of feeling. Yes. All right. And so that's what that's what self harm does for a lot of people. Now it's different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. Um and you know your, you you started off with the lead pencil. Yes. All right, and then you said you. I graduated. Graduated to, to razors. Razors and, and knives. Yes. Okay. So, all right. So talk. So so what what, what promoted the graduation? Ha! <laughs> Just more and more depressed. It it intensified as I got older. So couple depression with 
the hormones and the hormonal changes in a teenager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, again, also being uh, in closer proximity with my mother. Mm-hmm. And that it was it was psychological abuse there. Right. And uh, it's sometimes physical abuse. Right. And so... And I, I say all that to continue to say that everyone doesn't have the capacity to nurture. Right. And a lot of times, uh, folks want to get into the blame game. Yes. Every, all, all of us, let me be absolutely yes. clear that we are accountable for our actions. All yes. of us need to be held. Let me do it that right. way. Okay. Accountable. So I'm not making any excuses at all. I'm acknowledging it for what it is. And that's, the, that's also the way that I'm able to not have um, bitterness. Right. It took me a long okay. time to get there. I bet. A long time. I bet. So with all of that going on, it intensified it. And that's when it was like, oh, there's a blade. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, the razor does better. It makes these smaller marks, but I, it, it can cut deeper. And mm-hmm. it, and again, those centers, those pleasure centers in your mind go off. And this dopamine, or also known as you know, like the happy chemical yeah. is... Uh, released into the body right. and you can become addicted to that as well mm-hmm. like I've seen some of the young people that I work with that had slices all the way up their thighs mm-hmm. you know and, and it's, it's just it's a lot and I want to pause to say that if people have teens who are wearing these long sleeves even in the summertime like I keep seeing this joke with people saying, why do these kids keep wearing these hoodies? Yep. Wearing hoodies all summer long. Yep. And you think that it's not your child that will be a cutter. Mm-hmm. And when I did an event that uh, that talked about self-harm, I asked the young folks. It was a room full of people. It was mm-hmm. a cafe down um, in Bun, mm-hmm. my hometown. Mm-hmm. Raise your hand if you know someone who is a cutter or you have cut. Mm-hmm. And the majority of the kids in there raised their hands. Mm-hmm. And it was full of parents who were astonished. Yes. Because not in Bun, no, not in a small t- first, not in a small town nope. called Bun, no, nope. and and then black folks, that's a white folks thing. Yep, that we don't do that. Mm-hmm. No, it was white and black raising yep. their hands. Exactly. And this black person that was standing on stage, me, has scars right now that are evident on my arm from cutting. Right. So we 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 need to talk about it. Right. We need to talk about it and not assume um, that's just them over there. Right. And we need to be informed. Right. So how do you how do you bring the conversation up? Oh shoot! Uh, I just honestly, I'm pretty direct. Mm-hmm. So one, I build a rapport with my young folks, and you know I'm relational. So right. and I build relationships with parents, mm-hmm. and I I may talk about it in a way of you know our teens they go through a lot. Yeah. And so parents won't feel like they're on attack, right? Or they're being attacked. You know, our kids, they really go through a lot, like young, old, black, white, everything. And a lot of them are dealing with, you know, self-harm. Mm-hmm. And folks may not even talk about it. And I just have a casual conversation and start dropping nuggets. Right. And things that I know is setting off uh, red flags in their head. Like, my child is going around with this all the time. Mm-hmm. Or when I say something like, yeah, parents always think that it's not their child. Not that child, but how many things that we do that our parents would think we would never do. Yeah. And they start thinking, like, it makes it relatable to them. Right. So not on attack mode, like, you should have seen this, and you should right. know this, and you should know the signs. Right. But just be, have an informed conversation. Right. And one of the things that you said now, how you love working with your young folk. I like love Like, you it. love working with your I young do. folk. Um, and I know that Stand Up Speak Out is a passion of yours. Can you talk yes. a little bit about Stand Up Speak Out, please? Ah! Uh, 
Stand Up, Speak Out, founded by the phenomenal woman, Monica Day. Mm -hmm. Stand Up, Speak Out of North Carolina, uh, based in Durham, North Carolina. And we advocate for, we advocate and serve uh, children and teens who are witnesses and victims of domestic violence and sexual abuse. Mm. Monica is a survivor of both. Mm. And it all started with a poem. Mm. You know, she was writing poetry, writing poetry, and, and started sharing that. And then started getting together these sister circles where she would bring women in to just be. Take off the superwoman cape. Take off the mom hat. Take off uh, entrepreneur hat. But just come and just be. And then it grew into stand up, speak out, mm -hmm. and serve. And excuse me, not just the kids, but realizing, oh, this needs to be a holistic approach including the family. Right. And so you have Art Heals, which is a component that we use to um, to help our young people because you know as a therapist, we don't always have the voice for the trauma that we've dealt with. Right. So we do art, we do poetry, mm -hmm. spoken word, mm -hmm. mindful movement. Uh, today we did Hike to Connect just to get out with our young people and just give them a space to be and disconnect from social media but connect to one another in nature. So we have all these different means and um, I met, I saw Monica on stage as a spoken word artist gosh, 15, 20 years ago Right. but I was on social media and I saw that she was having this um, Girl Speak Out camp mm -hmm. and I was like, yo, I remember her she's so dope and she's doing I gotta be a part of it. Right. And I went by and I saw it, but I couldn't volunteer. Because mm -hmm. I, I ended up volunteering too late or signing up too late. Mm -hmm. The next one I was able to volunteer, I fell in love. Um, fell in love. It was uh, for you. It wasn't like 20 women working together. It was maybe six or something right. who were making it happen. Right. Because, you know, you hear this thing about women can't work together, especially not a black woman. <laughs> We're like this walking, angry stereotype. Yes. Um, we're too catty. And mm -hmm. that, the synergy there, mm -hmm. the sisterhood there, mm -hmm. the way the young people were opening up, even on the first day, right. was amazing to me. Right. And I wanted to continue to be a part of that. Good, good. Oh, that's, and I've seen, I've seen your work. I've mm -hmm. seen your interactions with these young folks and how they how they come to you, how they are comfortable with you, mm -hmm. how they are so strong, how they are so just strength is does not it's not a it's not a good enough word. I hear you. On it's that. not it's not a good enough word. Um if you see how Tahita interacts with these young oh, I thought folks, you talking about the kids. Okay. And then how these kids <laughs> and then how these kids come out and then they say they're so confident. Yeah, they're man. so brave. They're so like uh, I keep on saying resilient, but that's what it is. I mean, they they, they have so much resiliency amongst them, and then they come out and then they share all these things and they're doing all these things and they're learning all these things. It's like they are taking control of their lives. That is so huge because how many of us, even as adults, are out here acting out because we don't realize the power that we have to change the trajectory of our lives if we mm -hmm. don't like it. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be locked in this pattern, mm -hmm. but it's going to have it's, it's going to be a shift of a mindset. So there's one young person. I am not going to cry. There's one young person. It's okay um, if you do, you know. Man, they won't be able to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> um, it, 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 in our tribe, in our community. And she was sexually assaulted. And 
I remember when it happened, it was, it was two of our young people within one month, I found out. Mm -hmm. One was not part of Stand Up Speak Out and one was. Mm -hmm. And I remember... Mom, I, I couldn't, I couldn't like fully fathom it, but I had to kick in the gear. Mm -hmm. Mom called, told me what happened. I called Monica. We get over to the hospital. And one, I'm grateful that mom knows we love them enough and we support them enough that she called. So that, right. that meant everything. Right. But later on, the young one shared in a group, girls speak out in a group with the girls. And I was so proud yeah. of her because she didn't have to. Right. But she was sharing her story. And one of the other things that she said separately from them is if it wasn't for Stand Up Speak Out or for Girls Speak Out, which is, of course, the one of right. our programs, right. she, no, Girls Speak Out is why she was able to say what happened to her yes. about the sexual assault. Right. Because she had to tell somebody. Right. Because if she hadn't told nobody, no one would have known. Right. And when I realized and I heard her say that out of her mouth, like, to help strengthen her voice, because she always had a voice, mm -hmm. but to strengthen that voice to speak and say what happened to her, I was like, okay, we're doing the work we're supposed to be doing. Right. How many of our young people don't feel like they have a voice? Mm -hmm. We need to understand, baby, you have a voice, your voice matters. Mm -hmm. And to give them the tools that they need. And I'm just, I look at her now and how she's grown and, yeah. and matured and... Man, there's so much work to do out here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, but you're already doing it. Thank you. It's a, it's you're you're doing it. What you're doing it has such a tremendous impact mm -hmm. on not just your young folks, but the people who have the people who even heard about this thing. This 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 the way about you tell your story. Your social media is your social media is on point when it comes to addressing all of these different types of things, and then. When you're speaking to people, when you have these public speaking engagements, you're getting mm -hmm. all of this stuff out, Ty. Mm, thank you. You're getting all of this stuff out, and you are. I'm, I'm, I'm inspired every day. Oh, thank you. I'm inspired man. every day by what you do, what you share, how you go about these things. I appreciate it. I gotta give a shout out because I don't have. I'm grateful for the fact that I don't care about uh, quantity. Because if you were to go to my social media right now, I don't know how many people I have. I don't have thousands of followers, but I got folks. Y'all show up. Yeah. Good gracious. Y'all yeah. show up in volunteering. Yes. Y'all show up with donations. Y'all yep. show up with sharing posts to help get the word out about different events and mm -hmm. things that we're doing in the community and things to support our young people. Like, give mm -hmm. me the quality. But that is because I'm grateful that God created me to be relational. Right. I build I, I build relationships mm -hmm. and that was something that I took for granted for a long time because it's so easy and natural for me I didn't understand how um, valuable that right. is right. I've always just been that way but I've never I until maybe my uh, 30s yeah I'm 42 now that I took the time to realize yo this is very valuable yes every some people struggle with this mm -hmm. so now I also work on Helping people, Ty connects. Right. I help people like to connect with other folks. Mm -hmm. You don't have to change who you are, but this is what we're gonna bring out. Mm -hmm. This is how you engage, and this is how you nurture relationships. Mm -hmm. Because everyone doesn't know how to do that. No, they don't. Teens and adults alike. Right. So is that is that the foundation for Ty connects? Man, Ty connects came about because of Ebony Green. Okay. Ebony Green is a an artist.
artist. Uh, she directed one of my productions. She she's just um, amazing. I, I I can't even remember exactly how I met Ebony. Uh, she was doing face art, body art, and all mm-hmm. those things. But anyway, mm-hmm. she was sitting down. And she and I had a, a brainstorming session. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I wanted to do something like akin to marketing. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, the way I post and how I engage and mm-hmm. build the relationships. Mm-hmm. And I know a number of people who have great services and great goods, but they don't like to engage people. Yeah. So I was going to make a business out of that. And she was like, yeah, you know, you can charge this amount. You can be like, you got Ty Connected, you know, because Ty Connects. And she just kept. And I was like, oh, snap. And so she named me years ago and I didn't start using it as, until as of late. Right. And then I went and got my LLC. So, but I love the, the connects part because that's a part, also a part of uh hype to connect. Yes. Tell me about that. Oh my gosh. Short version in the last year during the pandemic, my life has changed. Okay. Uh, everyone's life has changed. Yes. But I have transitioned to a, a new version of myself. Mm-hmm. I have burnt off over 60 pounds. Right. Yes, sir. I'm under yes. 200 now. What? Get it, girl. Come on now. So, <laughs> over 60 over sixty pounds. And during that time, uh, during that shift, a lot of hiking ensued. It, it was a lot of hiking. Me, my sister, my niece, hitting the Eno. Mm. Just doing these trails, getting back in connection with God's creation. Mm. Um, I prayed about discipline, right? Mm-hmm. This, how it all started, I prayed for discipline. Mm. But I didn't pray for discipline. I was like, God, you know, help me lose weight. Mm-hmm. I just knew that for the plan he had for my life, I needed discipline because I'm a wild child. And right. I get that. And right, you know, right, right. I embrace that. Right. So I was like, God, you know, I'm, I'm just going to need some discipline. And what happened is Tina Bailey, Coach Tina Bailey, or mm-hmm. Tina Bailey, Tina Bailey Online, mm-hmm. um, she posted that she had this thing for birthing your greatness Mm -hmm. she had like a four-week workshop i joined that and she was like what do you want out of this experience Mm -hmm. and she the way she said it like you this can be what you want it to be right i was like wow i want to i want to transform my body what happens if i commit to that Mm -hmm. that was on i think a tuesday Mm -hmm. and then Corey perry hit me up my cousin hit me up and he's like we're getting ready to do this workout session starting that monday it was like when I made the decision, sometimes it's just a decision. We make it so hard. Like, baby, just make the step. You don't have to know the entire journey. Right. Just make the step. And when I made the step, everything started lining up. So I started working out. Right. I started doing the hiking. It brought me and my family closer together. My mm-hmm. niece, who mm-hmm. is eight now, got to experience a river, you know, to be there at the river right. and taking pictures and having right. that time with her mom. And um, I saw what that did for me. And talking to other adults and talking to youth in the community, they mm-hmm. were talking about this disconnect that they had. Right. And feeling so trapped in a pandemic and friends that they have lost literally because, you know, people died or committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And people they thought were friends that weren't. Mm-hmm. And I initially did Hike to Connect because I thought I was going to do that with adults. Mm-hmm. And I came up with this cool term. Mm-hmm. And I coached some adults. Mm-hmm. And Monica Day helped me get back on track with sis mm. i'm not saying you can't do adults this was just with coaching period right but when you came to me you talked about be the fire you were talking about teens you were talking about teens you need people in your life to help get you back on track right because sometimes because we can do mm-hmm. we think we're supposed to be doing oh you better speak on that keep going you know what i'm saying uh-huh. and all all good things aren't you know the right thing or mm-hmm. for me the god thing right like 
yes, I could coach these 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 adults, but I'm supposed to be in this vein with these children. Okay. And so after hearing from these kids recently and people working with kids, I was like, you know what, we need to go ahead and do a hike. Yeah. Y'all y'all need to get out of the house. And so I got with Monica. I told her what I was doing. I said, do you want this to be a collaboration? And she mm-hmm. was like, sis, yeah. Mm. And so we came together because, you know, she down for what's going to be effective. How do we serve these these babies? Yeah. You got to hear her talk. Yeah. <laughs> we got to look out for our babies. And so um, reached out. We had the first one in October. And we had two of our young people come out. And my sister was with me and um, one of our dope volunteers, Keisha, she came out. Keisha Sandage, she came out. Right. And because some of our folks, they couldn't make it that time. Mm-hmm. Dude, the day we had like 10 or 11 young folks out there. Right. I want to say it was 10 young people and parents wanted to come. Right. And so wow. what we did, because we might have had seven or eight parents out there. Wow. So Keisha, she took a group. Mm-hmm. She took the adults. Okay. Because we wanted the kids to still have their time away from their parents. I understand. Because you know sometimes kids will talk about things they yep. won't say in front of their parents. Yep. And parents just need some time to go be to. This is true. So Keisha took them mm-hmm. and uh, Delana, who is a SUSO intern that I met today, who um, I'll talk about her in a second. Right. Her, my sister, who is now SUSO volunteer, and myself. Uh, we took the other group. We took the group of kids. And right. we ended up going down by the water uh, at William B. Umstead and Cary. Okay. So that's what Hype to Connect is. Getting our young ones out to get them to disconnect from social media. Um, disconnect from the, the same day-to-day things. To come to connect with nature. Mm-hmm. To connect with themselves. Mm-hmm. To connect with resources that mm-hmm. can equip them to be resilient. Yes. And to connect to one another. Right. That's Hype to Connect. Uh, so... Maybe we want to go hiking now. <laughs> when somebody gets that volunteer for me and we show kidnapping them, we we ready. Right. We are right. ready. So and so with all of this stuff, I mean everything that you have talked about today, you know, talking about, you know, stand up speak out, hike yes. to connect, tie mm-hmm. connects. Yeah. Um, just your childhood coming up. Is that is that a big reason for your training to become a resiliency educator? Oh man, yes. Uh, when I learned about Reconnect for Resilience, it was through, again, Stand Up, Speak Out. Stand Up, Speak Out had a uh, a conference, and Tammy Blackert-Cook was there. She is a therapist. Uh, she's a therapist, uh, one of the founders and, I, I guess you say, owners, of mm-hmm. co-founders and co-owners of Aspire Counseling Group mm-hmm. in Raleigh. She was there, and she was teaching about Reconnect for Resilience. I'm like... What the heck? Mm-hmm. These tools to help uh, get people back online. So when when resiliency, the the ability for us to be able to bounce back or to to be able to stand in the midst of adversity, mm-hmm. like in, in the midst of these challenging times, and not just get bumped out of our resiliency zone. Mm-hmm. So you know we have these zones where we're able to this zone where we're able to still connect with people. Mm-hmm. We have this zone where we're able to connect and still be able to learn. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we get bumped out of those zones mm-hmm. and we get amped up. So I, I might be loud and, and anxious and angry mm-hmm. and um, aggressive, mm-hmm. amped up. Or I might be shut down where it's just like mm, apathetic, yep. I'm tired. I might experience physical pain. And the same thing with amped up, both of those. Mm-hmm. So with the tools, with the uh, Reconnect for Resilience tools, 
they help us to get back into that resilient zone mm-hmm. and to be able to connect with people and right. to be able to learn because when we're offline and that's what we call it when we get bumped out of those zones when we're offline we're not able to connect with people right we're not able to learn <laughs> right you know we can't access our thinking brain we're in survival mode right fight flight you know right 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 <laughs> fight flight freeze collapse submit oh yeah that's where we're at so when i'm watching her and she's talking about the body and she's talking about trauma mm-hmm. and how it affects us and when I also learned about how trauma can affect us with uh, our health, <sighs> I won't even go into ACEs. That's right. a whole nother right. thing. But right. people, if you're listening, go look up ACEs, mm-hmm. A-C-E-S, mm-hmm. and, and looking at those different markers and how it can affect us. I'm like, yo, if I can teach something that can help us to be resilient to help us to be able to bounce back even in tough times Mm -hmm. that can help us to connect because a lot of us suffer and we feel so alone and we're so angry and we're so scared because we're not able to connect with others because we're going around survival mode and as kids and adults alike, Mm -hmm. I want to make it common language that when you hear resiliency, that people know exactly what it is. Tools, Mm -hmm. those tools that come with that. They know exactly what it is. That right. people know how to calm their child down right. when they're amped up. Yes. Or to tap in and reach somebody when they're shut down. Mm-hmm. That Because sometimes we have to... Uh, oh my gosh. What is it? Self... Uh, co-regulation. Right, right. Sometimes, you know, we have to co-regulate yeah. and help somebody else get back online. Mm-hmm. I want to be able... Not I want to be able. I will be able... Right. To travel and teach other people to do that. We need that. I'm about community, so right. it, it it was only logical right. that I become a resiliency. Right. I love it. Educator. <laughs> I, I love it so much. All right, so we're coming up on um, shutting down. We're definitely going to have to make this a, a two-part and have you come back. <laughs> no uh, problem. Because, you know, your story and what you bring to the masses is nothing short of amazing. I appreciate that. And so one thing I want to ask you, before we leave out, this might be, it's going to be a tough one. Ooh. All right. I know people, I did not have a warning, so I have no idea. <laughs> no what, idea what's about to come. What he's about. He was over here writing. I'm I like, was. what he doing? I what was. he doing? So, what would you tell young Tahita today? Oh, wow. My brain goes to the secret life of bees. <laughs> the little girl said, I'm a lovable. I'm like, baby, you lovable. Mm-hmm. You're worthy. Mm-hmm. You want it. Yeah, I, I I would. The biggest thing I would say is, you are wanted, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be okay. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. wanted. You're gonna be okay. I love it. Yeah, I love it. All right, so huh, that was great. Oh, I'm not gonna cry. I'm a thug. Yeah, I know you I was are. Joking. Man. <laughs> All right, so um, tell people how to find you. Oh, snap. Ty connects everything. Uh, if you want to find me on Facebook, I know that's older folks. <laughs> Go to Ty Connects. That's T-A-I. Don't transpose the A and the I. T-A-I. And the last thing is Connects. C-O-N-N-E-C-T-S. It's the same thing on Instagram or IG or the gram. <laughs> Ty Connects. Uh, also, website, TyConnects.com. And that's where you will find me because I am part of Right Speak Inspire. 
uh, an amazing group of creatives. It's a great management company uh, for people who are doing speaking and doing workshops, and I am available for that. So, yeah, mm. that's how you find me, man. Awesome, awesome. So, I want to thank Ty for coming in. You know, you're not allowed to call me Ty. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that Tahita came in and talked. <laughs> I know, I'm really, I'm really glad. I'm always, I always love hearing your story. I love learning more and more about you. Yeah, and we've we've touched on some really tough topics. A lot of things, a lot of real topics that a lot of people deal with, but they don't know how. True. And you've put a voice to those topics. Now, for those who aren't ready or don't know how to um, address these things or are afraid to talk to the people or anybody about what you got going on, you can always, always, always call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Yes, sir. Okay, the number is 800-273-8255. Again, now, that's 800 273 Eight two five five. Now talking might not be your thing. You can always text them too. All right. You can text seven four one seven four one. Twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a year. All right. You are loved. Yeah. You are valued. You are dope as hell. Absolutely. And I'm glad you're still here. See you on the next go round. Peace. <laughs>